Goedendag allemaal, welcome back to the Sexy Anxious Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Micah, aka me. Hey, hi, hello. I hope this past week has treated you well. I'm pretty sure I said this the last two episodes, but it remains true. Uh, this week has been rough. So, so exhausted, so, so much pain recently. Um, very stressed and anxious with weird and sporadic, intense, sad pockets of time. But alas, it is not all bad. The looming Mother's Day weekend at work will be worse. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not ready for it at all. Um, it's supposedly the worst day of the year for my workplace, specifically. It's, it's like worse than Valentine's Day. Mother's Day is the worst time to work where I do, and I'm I'm not prepared. I'm not not in the least. Um, I'm actually recording this episode several several days earlier than I would normally, because I know I'm gonna get wrecked this weekend. Because Valentine's Day was so bad, and no one helped me at all. They said they were gonna have like two people help me at all times. They lied. It was just me. Did I do remarkably well? Yes. Are they going to use that to, for justification as to why they didn't provide me help this time? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I, I, yeah, they hate me so much. I'm not, ugh, not valued at all in the workplace there. <laughs> but anyways. Something that has been on the brain lately, other than my looming execution via motherly love, other people's love for their mothers, <laughs> has been friendships. I've been having several breakdowns about it, so yeah, I would say it's been on the mind. <laughs> like, what in friendships makes me feel secure and loved? The sheer love I have for my friends and the grief surrounding friendship breakups as well as the pain of not knowing where you stand with someone who lies somewhere in that gray space that stretches between best fucking friends like for life and literally not knowing who they are anymore so it's it, it's 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 a lot i also i haven't been able to read any this week so there will not be a book recap at the end of this pod, but I wanted to add something I forgot to mention in my commentary in the last book I read, by mentioning that if you have body issues or simply are fat, maybe it isn't the best book for you to be reading. Occasionally I'd read sentences and be like, oh, huh, that would have fucked me up as a 14 year old. So it would maybe think twice before picking that one up. Good book, but yeah, if I was a little less healed in my body image uh, and relationship with food. Yeah, it would not have been good for me to read those. But, you know, jumping into the topic of friendship, though, I don't know if it's the ADHD or what, um, but I throw absolutely all of myself into a friendship. If I love you, you know. Like, you know I adore you. There's no question as to my devotion to my friends. I've never understood how people place family so high above their friends and importance. Even if I didn't have a shitty family life, I would never consider my friends less than in importance to my family. 
The fact that my family is shitty, however, does help, I suppose, in the fact that my friends always have been and always will be the most important thing to me. Um, even if I didn't have, like, that family dynamic, I wouldn't consider my friends to be less than. But I guess they wouldn't be the single most important thing, is what I'm trying to say. There'd be multiple most important things to me. Some people say, like, my friends or my family, or they classify their friends as their found family or chosen family, and I think that's beautiful. And I, I'm so happy for those individuals, but I don't know, in my head, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, those phrases still perpetuate the idea that a familial status is better or more important than that of a friend, like, in my opinion, and in my case, it just doesn't make sense, I suppose. My friends are everything and more to me. I love them so, so, so much. The status of being friends means so much more to me than like, oh, someone that fucked and made me has a sibling who also fucked and produced a child and now we're related. whoop de doo You know, like, friendships are choices. We pick each other in every moment to continue nurturing this connection that we carefully and intentionally created because we decided that we liked each other enough to want to develop something more. That is immensely beautiful to me. I love my friends on purpose. Their decision, not something that was forced upon me. They were a deliberate and intentional choice, and I continue to choose them every day. And I just think that's so much more resplendent than, forgive me for this semi-crude metaphor, but like, essentially a form of Stockholm Syndrome with the people who decided to fucking create humans that you must share life with in an enclosed space for a while, at least. For a lot of people, 18 years. Ironically, the quote that I think of in relation to this topic is from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, when Beauty- when, no, no, when the Beast asks Belle, Really? Do you think you could be happy here? And Belle responds with, Can anyone be happy if they aren't free? You know, like, of course, Many people are happy within their families, so this is a more- Oh my gosh. I- I cannot believe myself. It wasn't even a notification that someone texted me. It was a system notification. I- Someday, I'll, I'll think this through enough to where I will put my phone on silent, but apparently today is not that fucking day. Oh, jeez. Anyways. Uh, where am I? Oh. Of course many people are happy within their families, so this is a more extreme take, to say the least, on family dynamics, but it is how family feels to me in my situation. Um, with, within family, there was never any choice. No sense of identity or genuine connection with people, really. It was all forced. There was, however, the heavy presence of the constant dialogue about how family is always more important. I can take away all your friendships if I wanted to. You are my child, and so you must be exactly how I want you to be. You owe me everything, because I created you, etc. Which, for some reason, I don't know why, but it rubbed me the wrong way, and did not cause me to want to have a relationship with my family, point blank, period. Um, yeah. My family really did not do reverse psychology or whatever to make me like them by acting this way. No, it, it really just pushed me farther down the river away. 
I, it doesn't make sense to me at all why they thought that was going to make me love them or want to be with them forever, but, you know, that was their tactic, and, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say there was at least some thought put into it, but I don't, I can't vouch for that. <laughs> but, I actually had the realization on April 29th this year that I finally got to a spot where I never have to talk to my parents ever again for the rest of my life, and it still doesn't feel real. Um, I was actually on the bus home from, I think I was bebopping around town, I, I don't think I was coming home from work or anything, um, but I was on the bus that I take home all the time, and it hit me that like the situation had changed to where I now don't have to keep in contact with my parents. Like, I at, I wasn't really in contact with my parents for the most part anyways. Uh, it was a very, very strained conversation and I, I ignored them most of the time. Like, we, we really didn't talk. Um, unless it was about this situation that I needed them to figure out for me um and that situation got changed and so now I don't need them at all I don't need them to do any of it um because now I can just do everything myself and so and that was the only reason why I was continuing to have these strained conversations with my parents in the first place and so the realization of that not having to be a presence in my life anymore. I was sobbing on the bus. Thank gosh I was wearing sunglasses, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Something was happening so that it was very, it would be very hard for someone else to tell that I was crying. But oh, I wish I did not realize that on the bus because then I could have like actually sobbed properly but wow I was just I was so overwhelmed and in shock I mean it it does not feel real at all like I feel like something's gonna happen and I'm going to have to talk to my parents again and that reality well like that per the perceived reality like I don't know if it's fact um but that idea is very scary and upsetting and so it's like I'm trying to my parents trying to protect me and like making it seem like it's still like a possibility that I might have to do this so it's not like devastating when I do have to but yeah I I'm so like I can't say that I'm relieved because again it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel like it's actually the end but like, I do know that if I wanted to, I could just stop right now. So, like, it, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a mixed bag of emotions. It's very, it's always a difficult topic for anyone who has, like, even a slightly complicated relationship with their, their parents. It's, it's a lot of gray area. It's a lot of, it's, it's just a very challenging thing to endure having a, a, a strained or complicated relationship with your family, but parents specifically, 
I wouldn't recommend. Uh, my sincerest condolences to anyone who does have a similar relationship to their parents, or even a worse one than I do. Um, it's not fun, and I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. But, yeah. It is complicated and nuanced, and, you know, I wish it was just black and white, but life just ain't that way, and it's, it's very frustrating. However, I, like, I do, I do, I still have contact with some of my family. Uh, I have contact with my grandfather as I do work for him part-time for now, so, like, I haven't blocked my parents, which is another reason why my brain's like, well, you might have to talk to them again, and, like, I do, I, I do like my grandfather quite a bit, and I do talk to him all the time because we work together several days of the week, um, and I do sometimes go to family events because I do, I do like my grandfather, and I don't, I don't want to start drama. I'm not trying to start drama in, within my family while I'm in the country, at least. Like, once I leave and I don't have any... Like, I can cut off everyone. And so then, like, they can all ruminate on that with themselves at that point. Because I'm not going to be in relation to any of them. I'm not going to have contact with any of them at that point. So, like, I don't... It's not... I'm not really involved in the drama, it's just them talking about me, if that makes sense. Um, so, like, I do try to make it seem like, you know, things are fine and I'm not planning to cut off anyone and I will come back from where I'm going, like, totally. And it's like, I do care for a couple people in my family. I do enjoy their presence. Uh, I, can, I enjoy the company of my grandfather so much, um, and one of my cousins, and one of my uncles, but that's pretty much it. Uh, the rest of them I'm either neutral or I dislike. I just, uh, uh, my family, yeah, it's, I, it's, uh, again, a nuanced situation. It's like, I'm never going to feel as connected or like yeah just connected to these individuals as I will to my friends I'm never going to value the relationship I have with my family more than the relationship that I've been building with my friends you know there's just nothing there for my family that would make me want to engage with that, you know, like, regardless of whether I dislike them or I'm neutral about them or, like, there's nothing that I, I want to nurture or want to engage with, I guess, you know, if that makes sense. It's like, I, in, in, in order to protect myself from the family I no longer want to have a relationship with and to not force those in my family I do like to lie for me or be secretive in order to maintain a relationship with me, I have to cut off all of them. Which is really unfortunate, because like I said, I do have a few family members that I do like. But 
I know it, it's, it's a very heartbreaking thing to think about is like I know that I'm going to have to cut off people that I do like and I I would prefer to keep them in my life if I could um but I just I just know it's not possible because like except for like my one cousin that's always been more of a friend to me than a family member but she hardly talks to me anyway so it's not like there's much communication there either but like I wouldn't be cutting her off and like do not get me wrong if I were in a situation where one of the family members I enjoy the company of were in like in a situation where I would have to lie to their like closer relatives or like be secretive in order to maintain that relationship I I would I would in a heartbeat. However, I can't trust my family to be as steadfast and devoted as I would be in that situation. I also in no way wish to explain to them why I'm leaving forever and won't be speaking to my parents ever again. Because like, I don't want to ruin their relationship with my parents and I also don't want them to try and insert their opinion about whether it's really necessary for me to do something so drastic and try to convince me to maintain a relationship with my parents because they're my parents and it's important, you know? Um, and it's like, a lot. You, you might be thinking, Micah, how do you know that's going to happen? How do you know they're going to try and convince you? Uh, I've seen it happen. Uh, one of my cousins um, had a very, very strained relationship with her mother and cut her off for a very long time and she basically got bullied into having another like like reconnecting with her mother again and i don't know how their relationship is now but i do know it was really not great uh when that whole thing went down and like it was the family gossip everyone was talking about it i mean i wasn't i was just listening because i didn't have any information i also don't care like whatever someone feels is best for them let them do that like i i am in no way a part of the situation i'm not going to insert my opinion and gossip about these people who are protecting their peace you know um i do really respect this cousin of mine for that decision to cut her mother off but i i really wish she wasn't treated the way that she was in the family um because everyone still talks about it to this day and, I don't know, the way they were framing it was, like, she was crazy for doing this, and, like, she's her mother, like, she can't do this to someone like her, or whatever, and it's like, no one likes that, like, no one likes the mother, anyways, none of the people in the family like the person that she, like, my cousin cut off, but they were so up in arms about it anyways, they, they could not fathom that maybe this was a good thing for her and like that she was protecting herself they were like no no no, no, no. she's your mother you have to have a connection with her and i just it's it's messed up it's it's that's the whole dynamic of my family my family is full of messed up individuals truthfully um so much shit has happened in my family and i cannot fathom why they all force themselves to be around each other and to forgive one another for the horrible things they've done for the sake of blood whatever bullshit like i don't owe anyone who has ever wronged me kindness if abusers of mine showed up at my door begging for a place to stay for a couple nights because they have nowhere else to go or something like there's no fucking way i'd let them in 
I'd be beating their face in with an bullfinch spawn and calling the police about someone breaking and entering my home. I mean, I mean, I hate the police, so I don't know if I'd do that, but I certainly would not be tugging them into my bed, serving them tea, and helping them out in any regard. Like, no. No, no, no. You wronged me, therefore you do not get the privilege of being in my life anymore. That, that, that gate has shut. You, you are not welcome. You're trespassing upon my premises. Stop it. You know? But, like, my family does that shit all the time. No matter what anyone does to them in the family, no matter how much they rant to me about how they never want to see them again or how bad this person makes them feel, they go out of their way to do things for these people or to hang out with them for the sake of family. I can never get that. I can never get with that either. Like, I just... I am a kind person. I love helping people and doing nice things for others. But if you wrong me, there's no way we could reconcile. And I'm not saying any disagreement ever would be caused to cut someone off. I'm saying that if someone genuinely wrongs you, you have no obligation to extend to them kindness and a good faith effort to continue the relationship. No. Absolutely fucking not. Not even if they're family. Like, it's... Ah! Ah, it's horrible. And, like, there is, like, a split in the family after something horrible happens. But even still, like, people on both sides of the split are trying, like, are like, I forgive them for whatever happened. And I'm like, no. If someone sexually assaulted my daughter within the fa- like, someone within the family sexually assaulted my daughter, I would never ever speak to them again. I would never even, like, I would never forgive them. First of all, I would never have my family associated with any of them ever again. Or, like, that, that one person that did this, I would never have them be near my children ever again. I would never let them be around my grandchildren. I would never, ever forgive them. That is horrid. Like, like horrid. Horrid. Awful. Why would you have... That, so that's like the biggest split that's happened in my family um, for a long time. And it is still pinned on the person who was sexually assaulted. That she was the one who caused this drift. And like she, it's just because she doesn't really want to go to these family reunions anymore. And, and that's why. No. No, that is not why. The reason why there's a little bit of a split. In the, and it's not even like the Grand Canyon. If, if this were to happen to my daughter, I would, like, they would be shipped to another planet. It would not be, like, a little, like, crack in the sidewalk between our families. No. No. You'd be on Jupiter. <laughs> Nowhere near any of my immediate family. Like, n- I would never allow anyone that I care about to have to be in your presence, ever. Like, it's, it's, ugh, ugh. But no, it's just a little, little bit of a, little bit of a crack in the sidewalk between our families. And because, like, people from both sides of the family still interact with this person. And also, no one will tell me who this person is. So I may very well have interacted with them. That could have happened to me. Why would you not tell the person who, why would you not tell people it is I don't know know. there's so much wrong with my family but really awful shit happens all the time and people are horrible 
and everyone just tolerates it like my father babysat my one of my cousins for a really really long time it was a very cute bumblebee hanging out around me and I am sorry for the audio if that ever like okay damn someone someone wants to be very loud and important um but I do apologize for any audio disturbances as always but I am filming this outside because I want to sit by the frog pond and talk normally uh but the bee is so cute I love bees um anyways still like my 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 cousin's father has deeply wronged a lot of people in the family has deeply wronged me and created like formed this child of his my cousin into a replica of him and how horrible he is and he's wronged me in a lot of regards and a lot of people in general but especially me because we were raised as like siblings sort of because his father wasn't there and his mother died don't be sad about it it's fine like i uh anyways and so my my father was just like yeah of course i'll babysit your child who has done horrible things to my my child and also to a lot of people and also you have done things to wrong my child and me and a lot of other people that i care about and also people i don't know uh yeah i'll totally do this to you because we're family not even blood at this point just marriage but we're family and so obviously i will go out of my way to do all of these things even though you're a horrible person and you treat everyone terribly like why why would you do that why would you do that no if you showed up at your door say no say no he can hire a babysitter he can hire a babysitter if he needs what do you mean what do you mean and so like basically my father was harboring this person who was terrible to me raised as his siblings basically together having this person have so much access to harm me because family and like no matter what family does you have to be together and you have to tolerate each other whatever like my father had so many discussions with me about how the importance of family disregards any anything else and how no matter what anyone does, you must forgive and forget. Emphasis on forget and continue to hang out with them. Like, what? No. No, no, no. I don't subscribe to that. And I, I, yeah. I just, why? Anyways, going back to the topic of friendship, I think there is such a cultural hesitation to say that you love your friends or to tell your friends that you love them. Um, my bestie Olivia, who has been my friend since the literal second grade, and myself rarely say that we love each other. And it's never a direct I love you. It's always love you bestie. Or, um, yeah. Yeah, just that, really. Or, like, and if it's not that, something very similar, um, that we've modified it in order to try and have it not feel as, like, so much, I guess. Like, so serious. Why so serious? Sorry. heard a tiktok audio that was 
the Joker being like, why so serious really recently? And so it's been stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like we always like dilute it, I guess, to have it not be as much, which is so odd for me as like all I am, I'm all about expressing love to the fullest and I'm constantly preaching about how I love my friends but it's true we never directly say I love you to each other Miguel and myself are very similar in the way we vocalize within friendships so we're always saying I love you to each other and this dynamic makes me feel outrageously secure um the constant like I was gonna say casual but that implies that this meaning of the statement is diminished which is not true it is just that it is said or signed as is such a regular thing that it is a casual thing for us to say if that makes sense like the meaning is still as concentrated but it is such a regular part of our dialogue that it is casual yeah i'm gonna hope that that means something to people (laughs) but Anyways, with that in mind, the constant casual use of I love you is such a meaningful reassurance that makes me feel so safe and diminishes my friendship anxiety drastically. I have a lot, a lot of anxiety surrounding friendships and worrying about whether my friend doesn't like me anymore, if they secretly hate me, or if they don't like me as much as I like them, and I'm annoying them with how much I'm not getting the memo that they don't like me like they don't like me that much and stuff like that so so fun right (laughs) but what i have found helps me the most is a combination of casual reassurance and public display public displays of connection Um, i'm always worrying about not understanding what other people are thinking reading the room incorrectly or being too clingy or coming across as codependent and and the like So when I can trust that my friends are just going to say what they think all the time, I'm so much less anxious. A lot of people are shy to compliment each other or just to say how much they appreciate one another. Um, But the the thing I think is the most special part of mine and Miguel's friendship is that we aren't. We're constantly just randomly throughout the day texting the other to tell the other that we think they're so cool or that we appreciate them or that we're thinking of them, sending each other pictures of things that remind us of each other. Like, the casual, like, declaration of a connection, like, saying something is, like, this is, we don't say this, but saying something similar, like, to our spot, or, like, these are the things that I'm, I'm, uh, reiterating is not the correct term, because I am directly quoting this one Tumblr post, um, like, that got reposted on Instagram I saw, where it's, like, um, casual confirmations of a relationship with someone where it's like, oh, this is our spot, or like, this is our cookie recipe that we used to make all the time, or stuff like that, stuff like that. I think that is so true, like, and so valuable within relationships to constantly be, like, restating and reassuring each other, like, of the connection and, like, that the other means something to them or like the relationship means something to them because a lot of the time it does for me feel like after a while that of no reassurance that maybe I'm the only one that feels like this maybe I'm the only one 
who values this friendship or relationship so, so much and feels everything on such a deep level and has this overwhelming love for this other person. Maybe it's just me and they don't feel this way. Um, and that sucks. It sucks so much. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit more in depth later, but yeah, both of us just feel so reassured and loved within the friendship and it is so precious to me. Um, and like it also, like the same hesitation extends towards uh, giving friends things or having like physical intimacy and by that I do not mean sex. Um, we're not talking about friends with benefits here. I'm talking about like platonic intimacy in regards to like holding hands or like resting a head on a shoulder or like hugging each other stuff like that like physical touch does not exclusively have to be sexual or romantic platonic physical contact is my favorite thing in the world it is so so wonderful um it's taken me a long time to realize that i really like physical touch from people um it just happens to it happened to not be the people that were giving me physical touch before uh so it took me a long time to realize that no i don't hate all physical touch i just don't like when these people are touching me you know and i do actually feel super like reassured and safe with physical contact um and it's very difficult for me to admit um it's easier on this podcast to admit things than because it's like, I am talking to people, but I'm not at the same time. Like, I can pretend that no one is listening to this, and it's just a diary for me. But it's it's very difficult for me to admit that I need reassurance and I need physical contact to, to help me. Like, like I, I don't need it. Like, I can survive without it, but it does better my life if it is included. And it does make me feel safe and reassured and stuff like that but I think a lot of people hesitate with physical intimacy with friendships because they're I mean I know I want to talk about giving things first um I fucking love giving my friends little things I find or make for them I'm constantly giving people things um because it's, it's it's my giving love language really is giving things like I'm a very I want to just give everything. I If I find something that reminds me of you, I will give it to you. I will buy it and give it to you. I will make something similar. And buy, like I, I will give you everything. I will give you the world if I love you, you know? Um, there is nothing that I won't do for someone that I love, really. Well, I don't know. I might have to think about everything that I could possibly do. Um, but... The thing is, like, I just, I I will give you everything and anything that reminds me of you or that I think you might like. Like, almost every day I'm bringing Miguel a flower or a leaf I came across on my way to work because I think he would like it. And he does, you know? Like, it's, it's a lot. (laughs) And I, I did give him a box for another gift, too, so he does have a place to store the, 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 overwhelming amount of flowers that I give him but it's it it, I can't well I can fathom because it does happen to me this is where like 
I get really insecure about giving people things and I'm, I'm so anxious because I want to give people things because it brings me so much joy to bring other people's joy like other people joy and to see how I can brighten up their day by giving them something that they really like or stuff like that like I love giving things because I love seeing people receive something you know um and I also enjoy the process of making something for someone it is so fun to have a little project all the time um like I have a project right now that I'm eventually going to give Mia um but yeah I just I love giving people things but I have been in friendships where I feel like I can't give people things because they're going to think that I like them or like I've done like the whole pretending to have a crush on someone thing and one of the things that I used to do to like really solidify um that this like pretend crush um for people was to give them things all the time and to like be like oh my gosh I was thinking of you you know and to like be like everyone I like this person believe me please you know um and it did work everyone does think that you like someone if you give them things all the time um, which is partially true, it's just I don't like them like that, you know, like I like them enough that I, I was thinking of them when I did this, and I do actually want to give them this thing, it just so happens to conveniently fall into the category of everyone else thinks that you must have a crush on them, so I utilize that, um, to manipulate literally everyone in North Thurston class of 2022 <laughs> into thinking that I like specific people um it worked very well but like I just it is so difficult for me to be in friendships that feel like I can't express how I care about someone via giving you know um because it is such a like a knee-jerk reaction for me like that is genuinely like how I express love most of the time like I do express love in other ways as well like I'll hug people if they w like hugs um I'll always tell people that I care about them and reassure them and all that because obviously I like that um and so I want other people to feel like that as well you know like obviously I do share how much I care about other people in other ways too but giving is such a major thing for me and being in friendships where that feels like I can't do that, otherwise uh, it, it seems romantic to people, or like it's awkward or weird, it's, it's, uh, it feels stunted, like I can't develop a relationship as much as I want to with this person, you know? Like, the only reason Miguel doesn't give me things is because I actually tell him not to. Well, hold on. No, there's been an update. I used to. Uh, I'm trying to work on it, actually, and I was talking to Miguel about it, and he was so excited. He was like, can I help you uh, try and get better at it? And I was I mean, knowing that that just means that he wants to give me things. Like, I knew that he wanted to give me things for a really long time, but I'm so bad at receiving things. I talked about this, in the, I think, in the first podcast episode about birthdays, where I just I have so much... I have a really hard time receiving things. There's a lot of pressure, and I also I have a hard time dealing with 
wanting things or needing things and that all comes into play here um so it's, it is very difficult for me to receive things and i also don't i'm not the best at giving a reaction and people always get mad at me for like not seeming like i like something even if i do um like a lot of christmases when i was younger I would receive a gift that I really appreciated, and I would just be stone-faced, being like, thank you, I really enjoy this, and everyone was like, we don't fucking believe you, Micah, like, what, how are we supposed to believe that you enjoy this thing? I'm like, what, what do you mean? I told you that I enjoy it. It's the autism. <laughs> but, like, everyone would get upset, be like, stop lying to us, we know you don't like it. I'm like, I do, though, I do like it. I'm sorry that I'm not, like, screaming and running around being like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting this my whole life, you know? Like, But that's also a reason why it's hard for me to receive gifts is, like, I'm always very anxious about giving a reaction and I'm not good at it. I'm really, like, I can mask for a lot of things, but receiving gifts, it's, it's near impossible for me to <laughs> receive how people want me to. Um, but Miguel has been wanting to give me things for a very long time, um, like, since the beginning of our friendship, and I've been like, Miguel, you can't give me things, I can't receive them, and he's always been really sad, and, like, it makes me, like, I, I, it's, so, it's something that I'm working on, because it, it disappointed me all the time, how I, I don't know, I really, I, I enjoy giving so much, and I know that other people experience the same joy as me uh when i do like when i give when they give as well they also feel the same way and miguel is one of those people who loves to give people things and all he's been doing is receiving my gifts and he wants to give me things so badly and i've just been telling him no uh and it's it's sad for him like he he wants to and so that's why i'm working on it because I want him to be able to experience the joy that I get to receive, like, I get, I, I get to experience the joy all the time, and I've been, like, depriving him of it, you know, by actively refusing his offer to give me things, and so I have been working on it, and recently Miguel did give me a sticker and a flower, and it was very cute. He also gave me a letter, but that was because I had sent, like, we sent letters back and forth, and it was his turn the letter and he just didn't mail it he just gave it to me um which is perfectly fine it was very cool he made the envelope which i was astounded by i've never like i've made envelopes before but i haven't heard other people do that really like i know that people do it i'm not the only one i didn't like think of the creation of the envelope but i haven't had like a friendship in wood or like someone give me a handmade envelope before and that was cool um, it was very cute. It has a wax seal on it. If Miguel ever listens to it, he would be upset if I didn't mention the really cool wax seal because he was very proud of that. Um, but yeah, so I have been working on that. That's cool. Um, but we aren't like we aren't shy with showing each other that we care about the other, and that that I think is so rare, um, especially in front of the guy. Um, being able to show each other such pure and precious love and care without even a moment blurring the lines between platonic and romantic love is something that I haven't experienced with a guy before and I'm so grateful to be experiencing it now um in all of my past friendships with guys not only have they been not as uh 
valuable to me because they weren't as, I don't know, Miguel's and my friendship is very, very precious to me. Um, it's very unique and I cherish it so much. And I haven't had any like friendship with a guy or relationship with a guy that has felt as like pure, you know? And it's always been the guys looking to get in a relationship or like he develops a crush on me after a little bit of talking to me and it sucks so much why can't we just be friends and like of course after they start liking you and they confess or something or like you're like hey i don't like you i want to be friends they stop talking to you they stop talking to you that or you help them get a girlfriend and then they stop talking to you or like any relationship they stop talking to you because now they got what they want now they don't have to talk to you anymore that sucks so much and it's like i wanted to cultivate a friendship with you like that would have been something i was interested in and you fucked it up it's so upsetting and so i've only really had genuine friendships with afab people um i've never really experienced a true and like very deep and precious and just pure love based friendship um with an amab person until miguel and so it is very special um and it's it's special regardless of the fact that miguel is a guy but it is even more special to me realizing how rare of a connection that is in that category as well you know if that makes sense um but also before i talk about um that more is like physical intimacy with friendships i think is something that people don't talk about at all um i mean like if people do talk about it, i do see tumblr posts reposted on instagram about it all the time but like i haven't really heard people talk about it you know like everyone is always scared of the word intimacy because in their heads it means sex and sex alone like also with the word sensuality that's completely different it can be related but it's so annoying but anyways intimacy is always associated with sex and so everyone's like oh you like won't use the word intimate with their friends or intimacy with their friends and it's like the same way that people don't say i love you to their friends like what how are you alive how are you living like you are when you hug someone when you talk with them until 2 a.m that is intimate that's intimacy is it platonic if you make it platonic it's if it's is it romantic if you make it romantic like the intent like the the action of something is the, the meaning of an action is determined by the people that are involved. Like, the intention of the people is what gives the, the situation meaning. Like, you can hold hands with your friends, and that can be completely platonic. That's perfectly fine. A lot of people hold hands with their friends. It's fun. It's, it's nice. It's nice to have physical contact, you know? And if they, they, both people see it as a platonic action, then it is a platonic action. You know? If you are holding hands with your partner, 
that is a romantic action because both people, but both parties involved are considering it a romantic action. They are having the intention of going into it with this romantic partnership in mind. Like this, this is a symbol of like the wanting to be connected with someone and what that connection is depends on the people involved, if that makes sense. So like physical intimacy in general, I feel like that is such like a, a nervous sentence for people to say and it really shouldn't be. It really shouldn't at all. Um, I love physical intimacy and physical intimacy with friends is so much more than physical intimacy with a partner for me. Like, it just means so much more. Because romantic partners, like, I don't know, it, it, like, I do very much value romantic partners, um, and that whole genre of actions with intentions in that category, it just, friendships mean so much to me, and, like, feeling connected with my friends means so much to me, and it is the basis on... I don't know, I, I, I consider myself a lover, but more in terms of I am just someone who loves loving and loves expressing love for the people I care about, whether that is platonic or romantic, you know? And platonic relationships are something like that I fervently nurture. Like, that is... A passion of mine like if I were to have something only one thing that I was passionate about for my whole life it'd be nurturing and connecting with the people I care about for like platonically if I had to choose platonic or romantic I would choose platonic every time um, if I could only have one for the rest of my life um, I just I think there's something so pure and like I keep going back to the word pure but like wholesome and just necessary within the connection of a friend and someone you can be so close to and someone that you just choose to spend your life with. I think being so close to them and like having that physical connection is so lovely. Um, Like you can definitely have an amazing platonic friendship without touching each other ever. Like Olivia and myself barely any physical intimacy at all like we will be close to each other um we'll play fight like we it's not like we never touch each other ever but it's like we don't hug um and like i don't know i don't know like there are different types of friendships like or like different friendships that express connection in different ways you know um, but, I mean, like, also, just to say, uh, there are certain acts of physical intimacy that are, uh, th- hard to defend that they are platonic. Uh, if you're having sex with your friends, that, I wouldn't say it, I don't know, that, like, friends with benefits is a whole separate thing that I really do not have any knowledge on because I would never be in that relationship but it's like it's different than a a just strictly friendship because you also add this 
extra thing onto it. And so I wouldn't consider having sex with your friends to be a platonic action. Um, I think it's a separate category if that's really something that you're engaging with. But, like, I'm talking about, like, holding hands, hugging, like, resting a head on the shoulder, stuff like that is just so wonderful. And I think those platonic actions and, like, other platonic actions of the similar umbrella uh, of physical intimacy is just, it's unmatched. It's unmatched. But anyways, outside perspectives uh, on my friendship with Miguel have expressed concern to me about how I should stop being so affectionate with friends, especially guy friends, um, like in this case specifically Miguel, um, because it'll develop a crush and how should like how I should be worried about Miguel starting to like me. And honestly, it really fucking annoys me. Like, it really pisses me off. Like, I know that it's because a lot of people have not experienced, first of all, a guy who is genuine and loving and as lovely as Miguel, that they can't even fathom having such a friendship with him or, like, with uh, a guy like that who is so, like, tender in a friendship, you know, uh, without wanting a romantic relationship after or something like to graduate into that so to say um and second of all a friendship that is as secure and full of love as ours is and it makes me kind of sad for those people but if i if i think about it too long but like ugh, it's a, it's just another obstacle in friendships that is another reason why there's so much hesitation with expressing love within them people have a hard time distinguishing with the difference between platonic and romantic love um both in like an external and an internal sense like seeing people like a lot of people love categorizing things and love being like oh this is what this is and putting things in boxes oh my gosh i just saw a frog that was so cool um but like people love putting things in boxes um and so it's, you can see this with like the lgbtq community like people love forcing labels on people on like trying to force them to choose a label because they're not okay with just ambiguously queer or stuff like that like like with that people don't have to choose a label and they don't have to tell you the label and they ugh, they don't have to fit in a box they don't have to fit in your boxes different people live different lives they like different things stuff like that like it's uh, uh, but both external in that sense and internal like if you have a friendship it's hard to tell where the lines blur if you like them or not um i definitely struggled with that a lot when i was younger i did not know the difference between platonic and romantic affection and feelings um which is why i thought i was straight for so long um like one of the reasons but it's like i thought that me having being friends with a, a guy was like oh well then i must like him if he likes me because we're friends and like we have we both feel this way right we're feeling the same thing no no we're not um what you're feeling is called anxiety about this changing social situation and you just wanted to be friends and you like them as a friend not anything more um whole traumatizing podcast episode if I so wished you there in itself but it's just it's such a a hard thing to grapple with like especially like what I was talking about earlier about how friendships with guys typically end up with 
guys liking you and not being able to continue a friendship after that because they've blurred the lines and now you can't go back. Um, and, like, it does stem from, like, guys not receiving a lot of love in that kind of way, not... I don't know, not being paid, like, compliments unless it is in a romantic sense, stuff like that. And so any any person being nice to them, they're like, oh, you are obsessed with me. You're in love with me. We need to get married right now. Like, that, that's been my experience with a lot of, a lot of guys. It's like, if you're nice to, if you're nice to a guy, then, ooh, uh, watch out. Because man's going to develop a crush right this instant. And you, you're now leading him on because you're trying to be his friend. Or, like, you're just being nice to him. And it's like, I, do you want me to be mean to you? What? You're still going to develop a crush because you, you have, like, uh, oh, what's it called? I almost said a praise kink. That's literally the opposite. Um, oh, my gosh. Can you tell I'm very well versed in this? <laughs> Anyways, so, like. And there's also, like, a, a certain level of touch starvation that people get to that makes them crave something so much. Like, cra- like both physical intimacy and also, like, emotional intimacy so much that they kind of force themselves to idealize the people, quote-unquote, available to them to the point where those lines start to blur and it becomes rather confusing for all parties involved. Um, it's definitely happened a lot of my friendships. Not even, like, all guy friendships. Um, definitely had other friendships where uh, all parties are touch starved because none of us were getting it, or like none none of us were getting like valuable relationships, or like we didn't feel loved and we really really wanted that, and so we're like, oh, these people are. Oh, I might have made a mistake coming to the frog pond for this because they might get loud. Um, worst case scenario I just move farther away I guess but anyways I hope it's some good ambiance and not just horrific audio um but like you 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 crave such a connection with someone that you're like oh these people like me though they already like me and so like maybe I like them a little bit more than just friends and maybe maybe they could too and yeah, it doesn't work out most of the time. Oh my gosh, the ducks came back. Oh, so fun, so fun. I came over here and they, they went away. So that's cool. That's cool. I, I'm very, I'm very happy about that. Um, but yeah, it is how my first two relationships started, essentially. Uh, of course, there were other factors as well, but those two were definitely part of the why. Um, it's also difficult, as I can't imagine dating someone that I'm not friends with first like I don't think I could do it uh I don't like I really cannot picture myself going on a date with someone that I don't already know on some self like some base friendship level you know it doesn't have to be like best friends we don't have to be like know everything about each other that there is or ever is to know uh before we go on a date no like I just need to be friends with you first um so, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe other people don't feel the same way, but I just can't fathom. So, like, even in that scenario, it also is difficult. So, because already the distinction between platonic and romantic feelings in, in that situation is difficult. Because you're like, 
well, I, I want to be friends first, and then when does that become romantic, you know? Um, it's just infinitely more difficult. But a different yet even more difficult situation presented in friendships is the, the torturous gray area where you're not really sure if you're still friends with someone or not. Um, holy shit, I would give anything to not have a gray area friendship. I cannot express how much stress and grief not clear-cut social dynamics gives me. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. It's horrible. It <laughs> keeps me up at night. So many nights. I, ah, so bad. So I, ah, no. I have this one gray friend who I'm not gonna give too much information about because there's a slim chance they will listen to this. Very slim chance, but still, still a chance. Um, and although I do want answers, I don't think I want to have this conversation stem from the conversation starter of like, so I heard you were talking about me on your, like, the, how about me being a bad friend on your podcast, you know, like, you don't talk like that, of course, but, um, I, I don't want them to, like, listen to this and then text me after and be like, hey, I know you were talking about me, uh, what the fuck is this about? I'm not a bad friend to you and stuff like that. It's like, they also don't talk like that. They're not, like, abrasive or, like, toxic or anything in that regard. But I still don't want people to be upset that I, I'm i shit-talking them. Even though I'm, I, I, I wouldn't consider me sharing this information shit-talking. It is just my experience. And I'm talking about my pain here. It's not me speaking for anyone else. It's not uh, me assuming things. And it's not, like just trash talking like I do have so much love and I, I for this friend and I care about them so much um but yeah I mean they're totally gonna know it's them but anyways I want to continue um if you're listening to this I mean I'm not sorry because this is my experience and I'm sharing my experience on my podcast uh but if you do want to talk about it, don't tell me you listen to the podcast. Just don't. Um, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you. I would love to actually get answers, but don't mention this podcast, please. <laughs> it's like, I've, I've known this friend for years and years and years. Like, I, I've so, like I said, I have so much love for them, and I cherish all the memories that we have together. Um, if they were ever in trouble, I would rush to them without a second thought. Thing is... I know they would not do the same. They would claim that they would. Oh my Jesus. Contain your animal. <laughs> Where's that from? Oh, contain your animal or I will. That's from um, Malefida, uh, the second one, was it? Holy shit. Why is your dog so loud? Is that my health teacher? My health teacher? No, no, I'm not wearing my glasses. <laughs> that would be so odd. Oh my gosh. No. Anyways. Thing is, I know that they would not do that for me. Because uh, time and time again, they've proven that they won't. Um, whereas every single time they're in a situation, if they tell me, I will show up right away. I, I will do everything that I can to be there for them when I know that I'm never going to have that favor returned. And it's not like I wouldn't consider it a favor. Like, it is just what friends do. Like, of course I'm going to be there when you need support, you know? But, goddamn, would I like a little bit of that in return? I would love to feel like you are my friend. 
and this is not like a transact but it's not a transactional sort of relationship but like also I would like some of the love to be returned I would like to feel loved in return um but yeah I know they would not do the same for me uh I'm pretty sure this is the fourth year in a row that they forgot my birthday completely uh and didn't even like respond with a belated birthday message like I don't, I don't really care about birthdays like I've, I've mentioned that uh, birthdays are not important to me uh but I know they are important to other people and also it's like in general like goddamn, if like we haven't seen each other in a really long time we've known each other for years uh well, I I don't understand why you wouldn't just say happy birthday like this person doesn't even I don't think they realize how much I don't like birthdays either. So, like, it's even more of, like, a, hey, why the fuck wouldn't you wish me a happy birthday? Like, I I know you you either don't know my birthday because you don't care, or um, you forgot it because you don't care, or um, you saw it and just decided not to, uh, to wish me a happy birthday anyways because you don't care. I don't know, like, all signs to me point to, uh, you don't want to be my friend. Um, and that's, that's, that's a difficult pill to swallow. Like, they don't even wish to be late. What? Like, I know it's kind of a petty thing to be like, oh, they clearly don't want to be friends anymore because they forgot my birthday. Like, there's a lot of reasons why someone could miss your birthday. But, like, still, if you found out, why wouldn't you wish them a belated happy birthday or something? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Is that not just something that people do? Hold on, I'm gonna drink water real quick. Because <laughs> my throat is dying. Okay. I just didn't want there to be a long pause without you realizing why there was a pause. I needed water. That was why. Um, but, like, it's not just the lack of a birthday message that makes me feel like they don't want to be friends. Um... It's, it's a it's a bunch of other factors, and the comparison between them and me, who, like, I would never, ever, ever let such a close friend's birthday slip by without me at least wishing them a good day. Like, and as well as with, like, all of the other things, I, it, it, it doesn't seem petty. It, it, it isn't petty, because there's just so much, there's so much going on with that. It's like, I have like, missed people's birthdays before, and been like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that passed, like, I wish, I hope, I hope that was a good day for you, uh, I wish I realized, and so I could have wished you on the day, but I hope your birthday was a happy one, um, and, like, stuff like that, and, like, it isn't the, like, I'm not offended if you forget when my birthday is, I'm offended if you never, like, even consider like, why would you, why would you not wish someone well? Like, do you not want me to be well? Do you not care that I am alive? You know, like, that's kind of drastic. But, like, still, you know, like, does, do, does my existence matter to you? Does, like, my presence in your life matter to you? Do you want me in your life? I don't know, it's it's a lot to come from, like, a single birthday message, but it's not just a single birthday message, it's a lot of birthday messages, and it's also a lot of other things, so, I don't know.
when we were kids, myself and this friend were super, super close, and we would hang out all the time, uh, but as we got older, they just never initiated any contact, would come across as super disinterested when myself and another friend asked if we could hang out together, uh, super unreliable, very flaky, uh, just never seemed like they wanted to be our friend, but, like, in person, like, once we got to hang out with them, it was like nothing had ever changed, and, like, they were so happy that we could connect and it's like oh my gosh finally and like for a long time I blamed it on their texting style or like the fact that I'm just perceiving the tone wrong but like honestly I'm kind of fucking tired of it I'm tired of defending why they make me feel like this you know I wish that they could just address what they and they've been like I've brought it up to them several times, being like, hey, when you text like this, it makes me feel like you don't like me. And they're like, of course I like you, we're best friends. And then they don't change it. I'm like, what? what? And it's like, part of the last attribute, like, them being unreliable, isn't their fault, but a lot of it is. And, again, I'm exhausted from always defending how they treat myself and my other friend. Like, ugh, ugh, ah, ah. Typically, this friend has never been, like, outright horrible to us. Like, never has been mean or intentionally cruel to my knowledge of us. Um, they were a kind friend. And, like, they're still kind. Um, just I don't know if they're a friend anymore, you know? And, like, they, like I value them so much. And I have so much love for them. But, wow. Ah. <laughs> it's simply that we haven't felt like they've wanted to be our friend in years in years and it's it's always been like you know how there's always like those trends of being like oh t trios never last well it's like they do last and they can last if like all three people are consistently making each other feel valued like it kind of ended up being like a trio that split into a duo between myself and this other friend because of the distance that this the last part of the trio was putting between us due to the it was like trauma bonding basically like we were so hurt about this this friend like and how this friend was treating us and how we were like, why don't they want to be our friend anymore? Do they do they care about us? That we became even closer based on that. Like, we were already very, very close. Anyways, um, best of friends. Um, probably, like, my closest friend in the world. Um, not probably. Definitely my closest friend in the world. Miguel is second, like, in knowledge of me. But, yeah. My closest friend in the entire world. And so we became even closer because of that distance and so like the trend I guess is kind of true but it's like I don't know I don't feel like it needs to be true like it doesn't it's not like a general rule that trios never work it's just that sometimes it doesn't and duos split off from it and those duos have like a very healthy relationship that they nourish and nurture and it, it works out just fine but there is that heartbreak of that third friend not being there anymore that uh, yeah it's like with my friendship anxiety oh what a combo that is it's just it's always super hard to get this friend to interact with us 
but when we when when they do they still claim that we're best friends and of course this this and that whatever like once I was in the car with them and their partner at the time and they were planning their wedding in front of me and actively excluding me and my other friend from the invite list like not even just like best man or like like uh, maid of honor like that wasn't even it we were not invited to this wedding we were not included at all and I was just sitting in the backseat like what the fuck what I I mind you I helped these two get together. Like, I helped that relationship happen in the first place. It's, yeah, that conversation really fucking hurt, if you couldn't tell. Um, I actually haven't told my other friend this, that that happened. So, uh, if that friend is listening to this, uh, yeah, that happened, and it sucks. It sucked a lot for me. Um, and I'm sorry that you now know it, too. Uh, there was a reason why I wasn't telling you about that. Because it's, it's, it just hurts. It just hurts. Like, we've been in each other's lives for so long, and you mean so much to me, and you're not even going to invite me to the wedding? Especially because I fucking set y'all up. Like, you were interested, and I was, like, the confidence booster. Like, yeah, go, get him. Like, and you would come to me for advice, and I'd be like, ah, well, this. And I'd always be the one, like whenever they were in a social environment that I was in it too, like, I would always be the one taking, like, candid photos of them and sending it to them later and being like, oh my gosh, you're so, like, so cute together, even when they weren't dating, and so, to, like, inspire them to get closer and stuff like that, so, I, there's so much of me that I put into loving you, and you aren't planning on inviting me to your wedding and you're going to discuss that in front of me while I'm in the backseat of your car while I asked for you to help me with this thing and then you brought your partner along for it just nonchalantly because you thought it would be fine like what no 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 no. and look we didn't even get to the thing that I needed help with at all like I had to go to another person to get help for this one thing because, and we ended up going to their partner's house. This is also way too much information. Like, they definitely, if they're listening to this, they definitely know who they are. And I guess if you do, good. Because this fucking hurt. And I, ugh, I know there was more going on. But also, I would like to be thought of for once. Like, ugh, it was, it was a lot. And, like, we ended up going to the partner's house. And not, not doing anything. Not, not getting anything done that I needed help with. Like, I desperately needed someone's help. And I was like, hey, can you help me? Like, can you act like a, like, I didn't say it like this, but like, my, the emotion behind me asking this, like, I, they didn't come across in the message, but it was like, can you fucking help me for once? Can you please act like a friend? for once in several years like this i just i need you to be my friend right now i need help can you help me and they're like yes i can do that maybe um and so i was like okay is maybe a yes and then later they were like yeah i can help maybe um so so frustrating so i'm just so full of hurt from that friendship and it's just like why why was i ever 
treated like that. Especially in front of you're gonna tell, like, you're gonna talk about your wedding in front of me and not say that I like and tell say that I'm not invited. What the fuck? Anyways, <laughs> this constant back and forth between thinking that we're best friends and thinking that they want nothing to do with me ever again is so goddamn exhausting. It doesn't seem like there's anything to be done about it. Like, like I said, I deeply care about this person, and if they would like to treat me like I am their friend, I would be overjoyed. I'd be overjoyed to nurture and care for our friendship. But alas, I don't think they think twice about me, almost ever. Like, I step up on their story all the time and, like, try to get them to have a conversation with me because I miss them. I miss that friendship. That friendship is means so much to me. And I thought it meant something to them, too. Um, I mean, like, they do text me back sometimes, but it's never, like, an ongoing conversation. And, I don't know, it's, ugh, it's a lot. Um, but, yeah, I don't think enough people talk about how much it hurts to always be the initiator. Uh, Dustin Vong discusses it in a couple videos on his channel, but I have always, 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 always been the initiator in friendships. Other people may start the friendship, like, they, they may be the ones to come up to me and, like, start up a conversation that ends up becoming a friendship but after that point it's always me it's always me that's the initiator it time and time again like they come up to me to talk and want to become friends but i will like text first being like oh my gosh like and like initiate a conversation and then like the next step being like hey do you want to be friends and stuff like that like i'm always the one doing that like i'm always the one initiating after the fact and, and it's it's so so tiring like i'm the only i'm the only one ever asking to hang out like planning activities for us to do the only one texting first um like obviously there are like some times when other people will text first but it's, it's always me because i like, i want to have that connection with people i want to talk to people i want to engage with these people because i'm like wow i think we could be friends or like i care about you because we are friends and like i i want to have a relationship with you you know stuff like that like i i i want to talk to people but i'm i'm i never receive the same sort of energy back like even if like they do want to be my friend they do care about me as a friend I'm always the one who's initiating that contact, which feels so, like, lonely a lot of times. Like, it, it makes me feel very isolated and exhausted. I don't have a single close friend that initiates anything. And I can only think of one person ever that I've ever been friends with that actively tries to plan things sometimes. And that's not to say that I don't have friendships where I feel valued and safe and secure and I, I have so much love in those friendships like I obviously have Olivia and Miguel that I adore to the moon and back they're my best friends in the entire world I love them they don't initiate shit like and that's like it's fine like it's there's nothing bad about not being an initiator it doesn't make you a bad person or a bad friend it's just that I am always the initiator in every single one of my friendships all the time all the time there, I, there's not a single moment when it's like a, oh, 
Micah, do you want to hang out? Like, I would like to hang out with you. Would you like to hang out with me? Stuff like that. It's like, it's always me being like, hey, do you want to hang out? Like, I miss you. I haven't seen you in a while. Like, there's no, there's, <sighs> or it's like, yeah, it's always that. Because then, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I would love to hang out. Stuff like that. Like, that is reassurance. And that's, that's good. I like that. I, I, I value so much that you want to spend time with me. But why am I the only one initiating always? Like, oh my gosh, why do I always attract people who don't initiate anything? It's so, it's, it's like, I, I hesitate to say annoying, but it, like, paired with my anxiety around relationships, it, it ends up being a whole thing for me. If I don't talk to my friends first, they won't talk to me. And I don't know how long it would be until they heard, like, until I heard from them again. Uh, especially with, like, certain, like, friendships. Um, it's like, I don't think that you would ever talk to me ever again if I didn't initiate any conversation. And I, I don't know how people can be okay with that. I don't know how they can be okay with knowing that if they don't talk to someone first, that that friendship's gonna be over. Like... How is that okay? That feels not not good. <laughs> I I don't I don't know. In my in my head that makes it feel like I'm the only one who wants the relationship in the first place. If you are so like so okay with letting it die out. Why do you, do you value it at all? I don't know. It I they certainly would, it, it would be, I don't know how long it would be until I heard from them. And even if I did hear from them, it would definitely not be them asking to hang out or planning things for us to do together. And it, it does, it feels so isolating. And like I said, it feeds into that anxiety of liking people more than they like me or worrying that they actually secretly hate me and that I look like an idiot for trying to continue this connection. And because they don't text me without me texting them first, I absolutely get no reassurance to the contrary. Unless I ask for it, which, so it's like a vicious cycle of me convincing myself that no one likes me and that I shouldn't keep trying to engage with these people that I care about, which makes it so I isolate myself completely and then I really am alone rather than my earlier perceived status of being alone. I, and I don't know how to fix this, but boy howdy, does it make me crave someone else initiating shit so violently. Like, oh my gosh, that would be so nice so so nice for people to just be like hey micah do you want to hang out yes i would i would love to hang out with you thank you for asking i can't wait or stuff like that i don't know i just want to be the receiver of the same kind of love that i give out i want to feel cared for and reassured you know like, I, have, I have too much anxiety to be like to have the title of executive planner and manager for every single friendship i have there are a few instances where I have experienced the opposing side of this, where someone else poses a genuine and serious plan they'll actually follow through with if you say yes to it, but it is so rare, and I think it's only happened like twice in my life, if that. Like, a lot of the time, I will still end up doing the planning and putting in significantly more effort for the plan in the end anyways, even if they do initiate the plan. I am always putting, like, tenfold the amount of effort into the plan because I'm so excited that they initiated something and like I want to show them that I care and that and, and then I end up doing a lot of work it's like what what is this <laughs> you I want you to plan something for once and it's like 
yeah, there is an element to it where, like, of, like, plans that I have a lot of anxiety and I am also autistic and so not knowing for sure what's going to happen is very anxiety-inducing and stressful for me and so it's like letting me know a sp- like a, a certain level of knowledge of what we're planning to do if not everything is it, it's better for me like if you tell me like oh hey we're going to be going over here and doing this sort of thing or like dress like this and be prepared for this um, because we're gonna go do do an event in this that sort of category or whatever like there are ways to surprise me in ways that aren't going to make me have a breakdown or like ways that you can plan things that don't don't make me super anxious you know like it's 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 pretty easy if I do say so myself, just like, don't make anything be like, super shocking, or um, make me, don't put me in a situation where I'm not prepared to engage with the situation at hand, you know, or at least on purpose, at least, um, and I understand things come up, and you can't always prepare for anything, but, or everything, but, you know, some, some, like, I have to mentally prepare with myself before I go out with people, um, it's very, like, social situations are hard for me, um, and so, like, I have to be prepared for what's gonna happen. Like, if I'm planning on having a picnic with a friend, and then they just randomly bring someone else, and they don't tell me, I didn't prepare for this. Uh, when were you gonna tell me you were gonna bring someone else? Like, it's fine. And, like, unless I'm, like, really hoping to have a relationship like or like a uh, uh, um the frogs are distracting me sorry if i'm like unless i'm really look like bent on having this activity be just for the two of us and be able to have that like individual one-on-one bonding connection time uh I'm perfectly fine with you bringing someone that, like, I know or something like that. Like, that's, that's okay. Like, I'm not gonna be offended and, like, depending on who it is, I might be very excited for the person to be there. But, like, I, I can't be surprised like that. You can't just introduce, like, a new person into the mix. You have to tell me before so I can prepare. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, so it's like, I'm I'm so goddamn tired. I want people to initiate things. I also don't think that people talk about how much it hurts to have a friendship breakup either. Uh, that shit is the fucking worst. It stays with you forever. And it's been almost a year since one of my old best friends and myself parted ways. And it still feels as raw and fresh of a wound as, it, as if it happened last month. Sometimes when I think about it. And that's not okay with me. Why? I've gone through like almost a full year of this bullshit. Why does it still feel so painful? And it's, it's not, like, always so painful, but, like, there are moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like the world is ending, you know? That hasn't happened in a while, but I've definitely, it's gut-wrenching sometimes, and it's like, oh yeah, we really aren't friends anymore, that's fun, you know? Ugh, it, 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 I'm not a fan in the least. It, it sucks so much, and I don't know why it hurts so much more than a relationship, breakup like a romantic relationship breakup but holy shit 
ah, like with my last relationship, I was genuinely so much more distraught over the fact that I had lost a friend than the fact that I had lost a romantic partner. I suppose tying back to my earlier statement that my friends are everything to me, but like, I just think the graveyard of old friends that remains within the folds of your brain to haunt you with all the pieces of these old companions that remain in the habits you've picked up from them is horrible. Beautiful, but horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And just like, wow. I truly am a mosaic of everyone I've ever loved, and I'm constantly saying or doing something an old friend of mine said or did, and it's the worst. Like, anyone that I've ever cared about is reflected in me somehow. Like, obviously, I am my own person, and I do have my own personality that isn't just other people's. However, I do absorb a lot of habits that other people around me that I've been around for a really long time were like, um... Or, I don't know, just remember fondly. Um, like, some, so in some way have affected my life. And I, I just, I, I have habits from them all the time. Like, a person I cared about said bebop once. Once. Only once. Never said it again. And now I always say I bebop around town. I don't even know. That's not even a word. That's not even a word. But I internalize that so much that it's just part of my regular vocab all the time but they said it once and when i started saying it all the time they were like what the fuck are you saying i'm like you said that i picked it up from you and they're like no i don't say that i'm like i know you don't say it now but you said it once and <laughs> like that was enough for my brain but yeah i that's bad enough that i have to live without you for the rest of my life and now i have to think of you whenever i see the color yellow or I hear birds singing, or I do some stupid shit that you would have done. It's like, ah, awful. A fate worse than death, many days. Like, sometimes I'm able to see it as a beautiful testament that I've loved. But it's difficult, uh, a lot of the time, to see it that way. It's so, so hard to find beauty within pain, when pain seems to be so, just so painful. Like, I know I'm so eloquent and poetic when I say that, but like, the pain is painful, okay? And it hurts a lot. <laughs> and sometimes it's very, very difficult to think outside of this hurt. I don't know. And see it, reflect on it and in a different way. But, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard, too, looking back on the friendship and seeing how much of it was actually not cool and was actually really, really shitty. Um, but you were so invested in being everything for them that you let shit slide. Wow, there's like a whole fucking parade happening both ways. Interesting. Um, not an actual parade, just a very large family. <laughs> um, walking on the sidewalk behind me and in front of me. They're very, very, a lot, a lot of space between us, but still. Goddamn. Um, but it's like, I, I... I was so invested in being everything for all of the friendships that I've ever been in. And so I let a lot of shit slide. And, like, I would rather think of past friendships as being perfect and nothing bad ever happening. And, like, I miss them so much. And I wish, I genuinely, I, I wish so much that we would still be friends. Um, but the more that I actually think about how I was being treated within the relationship, uh, the more I realized the hurt that I harbor from that friendship is and it's not okay like a lot of the stuff that I let slide was not okay 
Um, like, of course, I was friends with these people for a reason. And I'm not saying that any of the people that I'm thinking of while writing this are saying it um, are bad people. None of them are bad people. I don't think of them as bad people. Anyone that I've ever, like, genuinely be been friends with, uh, I, I, they're not bad people, to, to my knowledge. Um, but there is a, there was a lot of happenings that, happenings in relation to me that were shitty. And now that I'm out of the friendship, uh, like, if I was in a relationship, it'd be, like, taking off the rose-colored glasses. But, like, once I'm out of the friendship and, like, reflecting on it, I'm like, wow, why the fuck did I let that slide? And it was because I was just blinded by the fact that I wanted to be everything to this person and it's like it's okay I understand it's very hard to hate people that you understand it's very hard to be like hey this thing you're doing hurts my feelings but it is very necessary for friendships to continue and like just any relationship in general just communication and being like hey this thing you did hurt me instead of like harboring the negative feeling and being like oh I resent you after a while and like oh, I actually don't like you anymore because you never talked about it and then the things keep happening because they don't know that what they're doing is wrong or like is hurting you because you're never talking about it and now you hate them because they keep doing this thing but you never told them that they should stop you know that <laughs> you can tell I have some thoughts about that but yeah it's just ah Ah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying that I wasn't being treated really like a friend for a long time before the end of a lot of those friendships. And a lot of the time I endured a lot of emotional abuse because I, I justified and defended the behavior as like they were just feeling lost in life or they're going through a rough time. But wow, was I ever like and I never got showed shown the same support towards the end like especially especially towards the end but like in general like a lot of my feel like my friends did try to support me um like in minorly and like in some ways majorly um like i did move in with one of my friends at one point uh which was it just, it's it's a huge thing like that is incredible amount of support and like kindness that they showed me However, uh, uh, that doesn't mean that I am now in debt to them. Like, that was a very, very kind thing for them, for them to do, and I'm very grateful for them that they did that. I don't know why I was, like, I could not say the word, like, them properly there, um, but I was trying to say them, not them. I'm not, I'm not trying to mimic accents or... Uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Uh, dialects. Um, but I, I'm grateful for them, but I don't owe them, like, eternal, like, oh, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but, like, friends have shown me such kindness, and I'm so grateful for the impact that they did have on my life. Um, positive and like I, I'm grateful for the the fact that that we shared a life for a little bit like a little life together like that was I'm I'm forever grateful for that like any relationship that I've ever had with someone that has been like a friend genuinely like I I value that that we had that time together but like I 
did endure a lot of emotional abuse. Um, and it's not like they had the intent to abuse me. They weren't trying to make me feel awful, but it just was the way it was, you know? And although they did support me in the major ways at one point, that support dwindled and they just, they, they couldn't show up for me as a friend for like, I mean, really, almost immediately, I was really more of a caretaker in a lot of situations, um, than a friend, and then I wasn't being treated as a friend, it was, it was, it was a whole thing, but, yeah, it's like, it's hard to say this, because these friends did provide me great kindness for a long time, like I said, like, but the, the months before the end were some of the most depressing months of my life, and I felt so alone. And, like, no one cared about me. Uh, so, like, that also has value, and it is... I don't know. It is... It's valid that I felt like that, even despite living in someone else's home, due to the kindness of someone's heart, you know? It's like, I don't know, it's, it's also a nuanced situation, like, it's a lot of gray area, but, uh, I was like, I was always trying so hard just to be, like, the best person I could be for all of my friends, um, and, like, throwing everything I could into the friendship so that I could support them and make them feel loved by me, but it, it wasn't enough, and, like, that's okay, some things need to end, some friendships grow apart or in stages of life that are incompatible at that time and so the friendship can no longer flourish like it once did and like I wish I didn't have to be this way but tis what tis I suppose like I, I do have love for all of the friends that I've had still like like I, I remember how much I cared about them like I still har ha have that feeling uh, within me like I, I remember them fondly initially before before the end you know um it's, i don't know like i if the friendship didn't end i would still be happy like if if that didn't have to come to an end i would still very much be as supportive and like there for them as i possibly could um like there there would be no question to my devotion to them if we were still friends you know but we're not so, now I just, I get to keep all this love as grief. <laughs> it's all the love I didn't, I can't give anymore. Who said that in an interview? I didn't watch the interview, but I watched people repost that shit. Um, there was someone who said that inter in an interview uh, where his mother had died. And he's like, I hope this grief never goes away because it is all the love I can no longer give. You know, or like the love I never gave something like that but yeah like I all the people that I would have considered to be genuine friends of mine I wish them all the best in life I want them all to be happy and achieve their dreams like they're not horrible people regardless of how I was treated you know like I want them to be happy I want them to be successful and like all the things that I wanted for them when we were friends remain true like especially like, one of my friends, I was very, very supportive of their career. I was trying to help them as much as I could. 
and I, I I was very devoted. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's it's the neighborhood cat. I think I found out which house this cat lives in, which is exciting. But yeah, we'll be very excited to know this. We we are obsessed with this cat. We've named it Squash. Don't know what its real name is, but very cute cat. Um, but anyways, like I was very invested in like trying to get as many opportunities for this person as possible and like trying to aid them in whatever they needed to needed aid in um in order to be successful and like i want i want them to be successful i want them to continue and i'm very excited for them they've been having a lot of opportunities um and they they had like a major success um in regards to their career and uh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for them. Do I ever want to be a part of that again? No. Not in the least. However, I do want them to be able to achieve everything that they want in life, you know? Like, they all had my heart at some point, and I would have done anything for them. But the hurt is just too much, and I don't think I could ever forgive the way I was treated by a lot of past friends to the point of being able to even consider reconnecting with them. Um, like, I can... Like, forgive it in uh, a sense where I can be, like, neutral. But, like, I ne I'm never going to get rid of the hurt that was instilled in me from the their actions. And I don't think I could ever be friends with any of them ever again. But that's not because, like, I hate them. It's just, like, I, I don't think I could ever get over that, you know? Got a lot deeper than I thought we were going to in this episode, but... I don't know, I just feel so affected by all my friendships. I care so fervently for anyone that I consider a friend. And I suppose it ca it causes me to feel a lot of hurt as a result due to my own anxieties and some unfortunate happenings. But I wouldn't trade it to feel nothing in its stead. I would so much rather be plagued by my personal graveyard than to have never loved. To have never let these people in my life. Like, we were good for each other for a while, and that that's enough for me really. Like, not every friendship has to last for your whole life for them to have been valuable and worthwhile. And I think a, that that's a lot of people's mentalities towards relationships in general a lot of the time is that because it ended, it was a failure or that it wasn't worth your time at all. When that isn't the case, in my opinion, like, experiencing and giving love in any form is in itself so valuable, like, at least to me. And no matter how short-lived it was, like, each relationship is a learning experience, and sometimes a lesson learned from a relationship is just that sometimes good things fall apart. That was your cue, John Bellion. <laughs> I used to listen to that song all the time. I was really sad. <laughs> it's a good song, but I cannot listen to it anymore. Like, oh, oh, no. Um, but yeah, that isn't to say, though, that toxic or abusive relationships were, are, or hopefully more so were, good valuable or experiences that you need to see as lessons like sometimes people are just shitty and you were just treated not at all how you deserve and that's just that like i'm not speaking about those relationships fuck those people <laughs> like they, they never deserved the royalty you are and you're too good for them 
Like, I'm not one of those people who is like, I am glad I went through all these horrible experiences because it made me into the person I am today. And I wouldn't be me without them. Uh, no. <laughs> I would be perfectly fine. And still me without all of these awful things having happened to me. Like, the only things that came from those experiences are trauma and mental illnesses. Uh, I would be so much better off if these things did not happen to me. Like, I really, I, I hate it. I hate it. There's this one song that I, um, I do really like this artist, but... There's this one song that they, um, sing. Like, I don't listen to a lot of their songs, but I do really admire their style. I didn't mention them in the last video, um, because I, I did forget about them, to be honest. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I just don't regularly listen to them anymore. And I do not remember their name for the life of me. But they wrote the song where it's like, um, I'm so grateful for the men who have hit on me because without them i don't think i would have been kind it's like uh fuck you i would have been it like it, it was you that made yourself kind it wasn't them you decided to be kind you decided you would have decided without having to experience that shit like because you're you and that's simply the choice you are inclined to make based on who you are as a person like the person who did that shitty thing has nothing to do with the person you chose to become because of it it's just ah I don't know. Anyways, it is getting late, and uh, I unfortunately need to clean my room. Um, thank you so much for listening to me talk about friendships on this episode of the Sexually Anxious Host- Oh, sex- Whoa! Just because I need to clean my room and I'm extremely tired and need to end this episode does not mean the outro has to be shitty. Jesus Christ, let me take that again. Um, anyways- I'm going to leave this episode here, y'all. I am so very tired, and I need to clean my room. We'll see if that actually gets done, or if I'm just going to say that it's going to get done and not do it. It's a literal travesty, the state of my room right now. I really need to clean it, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. It's kind of cozy. <laughs> Anyways. Thank you so much for listening to me talk about friendships on this episode of Sexually Anxious, hosted by me, aka Micah. I hope this week treats you well, and as always, stay sexy, soldiers. <laughs>